freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 406 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Stop the War on Children. And our guest is Seek Smith. Seek is a wife, mother of three, a patriot, a fierce warrior for children, and the founder of Mom and Dad Army. Mom Army is a survivor-led organization with a mission to activate and unite millions of mama bears and their allies in the battle to stop the war on children and their innocence. Mom's Army vision is a world where children feel safe, loved, protected, and honored, in the first nine months since her launch on Instagram, Mom Army has grown into 25 chapters across America, Canada, the UK, and Australia. Well, welcome to the show, Busy Lady Seek Smith. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So this started as an Instagram page? It did. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Boy, if that doesn't tell you the the passion and the hunger is out there that you have grown in nine months from, Hey, I'm making this Instagram page to talk about the horrors that are happening to our next generations to now having, what is it? 25 chapters internationally included. Yeah. This is craziness, but thank goodness somebody stepped up to the call and that somebody is you. Um, so I want to know if, if I can, so, you know, I think kids, you know, they wake up, they go to school, they're loved, they go home, they have dinner, and they read a, bo a book and go to bed. What's this war on children? Well, it's it's crazy, you know, to go back to why the page started. Um, and I'll go back even further. I've been very active as an advocate fighting child sex trafficking for almost 15 years. So that's been my space and my work for a very long time. And that includes everything from protests to awareness campaigns, the fundraisers, you name it. Um, but more recently, as of like last year, I started to see this intensity and relentless attacks on our children. And what I mean by that is that it was coming from every part of society and every institution, you know, whether it's the education system that's indoctrinating our children with these ridiculous ideologies and poisoning their young minds to, you know, entertainment and what they're watching on television and on social media and big tech and the medical establishment. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I was having this sense of overwhelming feeling that that there's something different that's happening. There's been this shift of, of coming after our children very blatantly. 
Um, and that was what started this. And I, I corralled my network and friendships from across the country to say, hey, we need to be unified in how we address this and how we speak against this. And that was the start of Mom Army. It was literally, hey, hey, ladies, let's come together. Let's talk about this in a more uniform manner. And we launched Mom Army August 8th of last year, last summer. Wow. Awesome. So that'd be 2022. Yep. So... It's some of this, I just wonder if some of this happened because of COVID and us having to see each other on screens so much that maybe it made us more aware. I know with schools, it made me so much more aware of what um, the classroom content even was, even if it's not something nefarious or bad. Um, what do you, do you ascribe anything to why this seems to be escalating in the way that it does? Because I agree with you. It does feel yeah. like you, you hit the nail on the head. And we, we know this anecdotally just within our members and our groups and our leaders. A lot of the moms in our group came to terms with what was actually going on during COVID. They were paying attention. You know, like you said, parents were seeing what was going on in the classrooms through their Zooms and through all of these things. And they didn't like what they saw. And you started to see groups like Moms for Liberty sprout up during that time. And there's Moms for America and other local groups all over the country. And I think what we bring to the table, you know, I, I always say like, stay in your lane, do what you're good at. <laughs> and, you know, there's all these wonderful groups doing incredible work out there, bringing attention to these issues. But I think what we, um, the space that we occupy is that we are a survivor-led organization, that more than half of our members are survivors of child sexual abuse, even trafficking other childhood traumas. So they bring a very unique perspective in the fact that they don't want what happened to them to happen to other children. So they fight in a very different way. <laughs> it's putting it nicely, I mean, these these moms are very fierce when it comes to the protection of children and not just their children. A lot of our moms, their children are safe. A lot of them homeschool their kids. A lot of them, you know, some have adult children already, but what they are fearful of is the next generation and how the next generation is coming up. And, that's and the scary. future that we have for them. It's scary see, because it looks like you're trying to normalize younger sex mm -hmm. with kids. I mean, they're, they're doing it in schools and it's almost like they're making it, well, oh, that's normal for kids seven, eight years old to be curious about sex and and they're throwing it and they're, they're feeding it and they're, th they're throwing it at them, you know? And it's scary to me because what's next? Then adults think that it's going to be okay to have sex with children because it's normal. I, I, I'm scared, to be honest yeah. with you. After You're watching that- you're not far off. You're not far off from your assessment because it, you know, anything in society, when you talk about, we talk about this in a culture war sense, right? And it's the influence of society and our culture and entertainment and everything that we are consuming and, and how we're raising the next generation is that it seemingly feels like it's coming out of nowhere, but this has been at play for many, many decades. This has been the plan all along is to infiltrate especially our education system to normalize a lot of these topics. You know, we, in our mission, we talk about, about protecting children's innocence. That's a really intentional part of our mission. I am a believer that children should have their innocence protected for as long as possible. You know, I have a 12 year old who still sleeps with teddy bears and she's crocheting and she's, you know, watch playing um, board games with her older brothers. And she's watching, you know, I think the other day they were watching, um, 
uh, or I forget what TV show, but she likes to watch like Full House, like mm-hmm. old classic te- television shows and what they're, they're sh- what they're putting in front of children's faces, what they're essentially, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm losing my, my train of thought, but basically what they're shoving down our children's throats, right? Mm-hmm. Children, they're, especially in schools, they're a captive audience. They can't just get up and leave if right. something is being taught that that maybe the parents don't approve of or, you know, or the child feels very uncomfortable around, this is being forced upon them and it is poisoning their minds because children developmentally, children aren't prepared or ready to have these very adult conversations. And I think that is such a crime on children. And, and you're seeing it based on the confusion children are experiencing, the anxiety. I mean, COVID already, you know, created an uptick in, in depression and loneliness and anxiety and isolation. And then you add the layers of these very, very um, adult, you know, topics in front of children. And then here we are, we've got a mental health crisis. So not, I'm sorry, but not everybody can homeschool. And so what is a parent to do? Yeah. So I think on that front, I think this is where mom army has really been a facilitator of some of this, um, this stuff is parents are asking the question, what do I do? You know, I, I'm not okay with what's happening. I'm outraged about it. Um, and so we always advise people to, to start organizing, to start talking to your neighbors, talking to other parents in the school, figuring out how do you address these grievances, you know, going to the school board meetings, you know, making your voices heard. It's scary because a lot of times what we're seeing right now is we have an environment, especially from our, our government, our federal government, of, um, you know, labeling parents as terrorists and then attacking parents for voicing their opinion. So it's a scary time to speak up. But if we don't speak up now, what is a year from now gonna look like? What is five years from now gonna look like? If it's if it's gotten this bad so far, if we don't do something about it, we're gonna be on a really terrible course. You know, um, so I would say get activated, get involved, get activated. If it's not mom army, join other groups that are aligned with your, you know, with your values and your mission, you know, and even if it's not your children, like I said, we have a lot of moms in our group who are homeschool moms. So they're speaking up to protect other children as well. That's exactly right. And, you know, you were talking about you've been fighting child sex trafficking for 15 years. I mean, I can see, I can remember it was maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago, one of our guests came on and she said something about, you know, sex trafficking and and sex slavery and stuff like that. And at the time, I I was kind of thinking, this sounds a little far-fetched, like we're in you know, we're, the word slavery just doesn't even interact in our, our modern society. And now I feel like I need to go back and, and talk to her again, because she was on the forefront of this. She already had her finger on the pulse as you did. And people out there that are still saying, oh, this is just some kind of weird far right conspiracy theory. The UN, the United Nations, has weighed in on this, not to say, let's protect the the children of the world, but the exact opposite, to Mm -hmm. say, let's remove any uh, legal barriers to interacting sexually with minors and littles. And and it's mind-blowing to me. I really feel like we're living in upside-down land. Yeah, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the it's the legal 
um, recommendation that the UN put out last, um, I believe October about this very topic. And I, I think what is so hard for the general public to wrap their heads around is that pedophilia is actually very rampant. It's been rampant throughout history. When you talk about incest, when you talk about, you know, um, sexual violence against children, it has existed all throughout time. What has happened is that, you know, in the modern age, we don't think of it as slavery when it is, when you're talking about coercion, when you're talking about um, threats of violence, when you're talking about threats on people's lives to coerce them and then to, to profit, profit off of children when it comes to this, in, in this very violent and egregious manner, it is slavery. And we just, in a modern society, we don't think of slavery in that, that way, but it is, it is essentially sexual slavery on children especially, and that's the area that I focus on, because what when you sexually violate a children and when, when these perpetrators do that, you you destroy a child, they will never be the same ever again. And that's coming from working with survivors. Um, I've done healing retreats for survivors. We have somebody in our group who was um, trafficked by her own father from the age of four to 17, mostly at Disney World and on the East Coast. Her dad was part of a, um, a pedophile ring on the East Coast, and so she was trafficked from Florida all the way up to Maine. Um, and, you know, and she's younger than me. So this is happening all over America, in our neighborhoods, in our backyards, and we don't even know it. We think of it as some third world country thing, which I used to think too. I'm from Cambodia, and I used to think that child sex trafficking was rampant in Cambodia because families are poor, and, you know, they're sacrificing one kid so they can feed the other kids. Um, I, I've, I've been, it's flipped. It's really such a huge problem here and we, we are not addressing it. You know, I'm going to trip this up, I'm sure, because it goes deep. But so we see on the news where parents were saying, my three-year-old wants to be a man and because this or that, and they're letting them do that. And then now they're normalizing sex for younger generations. And you put all that together and it's, it's, I think it's what the UN is thinking about is let's take away the criminal part of, of an adult having sex with a child. And, and if a child that young can consent, consent to having a sex change, then why can't they consent to having sex? So scary. And some people need to be removed from this earth <laughs> yeah you know yeah and, and, you know and i think that's that's again that's the hard part to wrap our heads around it has been when we talk about slippery slope right you introduce one one concept to a society you condition them to the to that right so they're basic grooming society to accept certain things right all of a sudden now we're except you know there's a whole sector of society that says oh it's fine for adults to dress as grown men to dress as women gyrating in front of children What's the problem with that? It's inclusivity, it's it's acceptance, it's all these things, it's love is love. And you know, the rest of us are mortified. We're like, heck no, this is really, I mean, we wouldn't put a child at a strip club and you wouldn't have a stripper dancing in front of a child. So why is it okay for a grown man to dress as a woman gyrating in front of a child? And so to your point about them, you know, allowing children to consent to things that we would have never thought of five, 10 years ago, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, kids can make decisions on this. So a child can decide he's a girl, you know, at three years old, we have a case we're working on right now with a gentleman named Adam, um, Adam Vena, whose ex is transitioning their five-year-old son. But, 
you know, when you give consent in these areas, but then a, a 25 year old can't rent, you can't rent a car until you're 25. You know, you right. can't join the military until you're 18. You can't, you know, do this until you're 18, but a three-year-old can decide he's a girl and born in the wrong body, which there's no such thing. A child is not born in the wrong body. And, you know, in Adam's case in California, what's happening there is we say, Adam's son was not born in the wrong body. He was born in the wrong state. There are 17 states that are against this and passing laws to rectify and make it illegal to transition children medically, you know, chemically. Um, so yeah, so in, in Adam's son, son's case, Aiden, he was not born in the wrong body. He was born in the wrong state. There's, there's not a kid, I would say up to 16, 17 years old, maybe even 18, that couldn't be convinced of anything by, you know, influencing them or whatever. And the kids, their minds aren't developed. They're not, they, they don't have the experience to make decisions like that. And for parents or adults to do that to children, that's, that's criminal as far as I'm concerned. Adults in in their thirties, forties and beyond that are so suggestible that are Mm -hmm. so easily influenced. Imagine, you know, the, the trust that that littles have in us we're supposed to guide them right mentor them and you know lead them through their their exploratory phases right my degrees are in psychology and and it's normal for kids to try on different personalities and try on different Mm -hmm. ways of expressing themselves my neighbor thought he was a dog lock it in surgically and medically at such a young age is I mean, you're robbing them of, we don't even know what. Yeah, what, it's all experimental. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other part of this that's so criminal. It's that there is no long-term studies on any of this, not even for the adults that are transitioning. You know, we're finding out through our network, we have some friends who are trans who are regretting their transition as adults. So what we're doing to children, we haven't even that it's, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg, you know, that wave of regret is coming in a few years. And we are speaking up in the boldest, most, you know, straightforward way to say, this is not okay, this is criminal. I mean, I always tell our team to use frank language, to use bold, truthful language. When the other side says, oh, this is affirmative care, it's not. It is the mutilation and sterilization of children. It is not affirmative care. So we have to be brave enough to use truthful language when we're talking about these issues that are, are um, you know, uh, I mean, I, t- I, t- I talk about it in terms of this is the new Joseph Mengele, you know, it's the, it's the experiment of children yeah, that is we, happening right before our eyes. We don't need any kind of experiments or, or, or long-term studies. That's just a no. That's mm-hmm. just a no. You don't, you don't uh, mess around with the kids like that. You yeah, just don't. Let the child come to uh, adulthood and then figure out their their own path this this strange thing where parents are um i don't know i just it really feels like munchausen syndrome yeah um, there's a huge element of that you know um where it's like my issue but i'm putting it on my child mm-hmm. or it's like yeah. the latest heard, thing yeah we've heard stories where moms are like i really wanted a girl i you know they they were hoping for a girl and then they have a boy and they're transitioning their boy to it. i mean we've heard stories like that um you know and and our 
our group, what we're doing is we fight it on every front. You know, uh, last weekend, our team in San Diego were out protesting the um, Pediatric um, Endocrine Society, which is the group of doctors that prescribe puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and things like that to children. Um, so it, it was us along with um, our friend, Aaron Friday, who runs an organization called Our Duty. So we were out there protesting that group. We've also protested the American Academy of Pediatrics because they go by the WPATH policy of when a child comes into the pediatrician's office gender confused, you fast track them basically to a gender clinic. So there's no other other policy that's in place. It's if a child says, you know, I think I'm a boy, then you send them to a gender clinic and you basically get them on the track of puberty blockers and all the things that lead up to transitioning. There is nothing to counter that there. They call it conversion therapy. But to me, this is the biggest conversion therapy possible. If a child is gay and you're converting him to being a girl, that is the biggest conversion you could ever do on a child. Well, Danny likes to tell the story of um, somebody he knew when he was young. He was like three or four years old. One of the neighborhood kids. He wanted to be a dog. And so the parents said, oh, you know, He's what's very what, imaginative. Yeah, right. And so, and he was a dog for a while. He ate out of a dog bowl and he went, so he, he was a if, dog. But, you know, it was nowadays. And so the parents would say, you know, instead of my son wants to, thinks he's a girl my my son wants to be a dog i need to go and have the surgery or the what you know it that makes us laugh at the ridiculousness of it but yet this other stuff we're just supposed to nod and smile and accept it as gospel and the the people that you've talked about that are adults who went through a transition and now they're saying you know what that that really wasn't the right thing for me that wasn't really what was troubling me and now mm -hmm. i want to detransition the fact that their voices are being squelched yeah. and that we're not able to have free access to hearing their stories and at least considering that side of this equation that right there should tell every one of us exactly what is going on there is we are being marshaled an agenda. Uh, there's an agenda and we're being funneled. But why? To one conclusion. But why? Just like we were with all the COVID stuff and all the masking stuff and all the vaccine stuff. Why? Why? Why yeah. can't they hear both sides? Well, why? Why? A lot what? Of money. Money. A lot money. of money. money. Thank you. Money. Yeah. Follow money. the money. Yeah. If you follow the money, you'll start to really understand there is so much money being pumped into this ideology from international organizations, from Planned Parenthood, from the UN, from W, it's coming from every direction. And, and you can see it in the corporations. When we sit here and go, well, why is Bud Light pushing this? Why is Levi's pushing this? Why is Target pushing this? There's so much money. And when you can get a child on hormone blockers, they become a patient to the pharmaceutical companies for life. life. For life, and the big testosterone money and everything. So, so a lot, and it's hard to wrap our heads around it because it sounds so sadistic. It sounds very cynical, you know, very sinister. And normal human beings like us who are compassionate and caring and thoughtful don't understand that kind of evil thinking. Um, and until, and you know, and and all we have to do is look back to history, right? When Cheryl, you talk about, you know, um, they're just getting us to accept this and to to quell our voice and we can't speak up against it. Think about slavery time, you know, when the abolitionists were speaking up against slavery and how hard that must have been to go against an entire system that was already put in place to make slavery legal. 
right? Just because something is legal doesn't make it moral, right? Yeah. So right. what's happening right now, I, I, I compare it to those type of historical events because for those of us that see that this is morally reprehensible, we need, we all need to speak up. Absolutely. Well, I, I just cre- curious about, you know, three, four-year-old kid, that the boy that wants to become a girl, he had to be influenced. I mean, he didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be a girl. He had to be influenced in some way or another. And I don't know if it's the media, the teachers, the parents or what, but somebody is feeding this into these young people's heads. Yeah. And that's, that's scary. Well, we yeah. kind of talk about that Munchausen by proxy where, you know, if a parent gets some, some satisfaction or something fed inside of them, if their child is sick in some way, right. And they're constantly at the doctor mm-hmm. and you know, that sort of thing. So it, it, there's a similarity here, I think mm-hmm. for some people, um, and it could be as individual as the family as individual as the person. But, um, the fact is that there, I don't see the rush. Let's just slow down the rush. Let's let kids get to be adults. Mm-hmm. And then the medical, uh, conglomerate will be there with uh, their scalpels and their medications and their injections, uh, just waiting. But um, well, what's really interesting too is when you're, you know, we we get sent intel from all over the country, and and when I wake up to my DMs, you know, a parent will send me something's going on in their school, and this is happening, and they'll send me documents and things like that. But what is really interesting in this in this ideological, you know, debate we have right now is that the side that's supporting this this transition of children is also the same side that says you shouldn't you shouldn't charge 25 year olds with murder because they didn't know what they were doing so in Maine they're trying to pass a bill to say you can't hold anybody under 25 responsible for murder because they just didn't have the wherewithal you know in their decision making but yet a five-year-old can transition and become the opposite sex so it's very contradicting in terms of their thought process we're being very consistent on our side we're saying hey if it's a child they shouldn't be making any of these life-changing decisions whatsoever so it's just chaos they're just supporting chaos yeah way our family morals design you know i honestly believe that the the chaos that they're um you know pushing out there you know for all of society is by design because it distracts us from doing the things that are really really important you know we've got a failing economy we've got i mean there's so much going on in this we're losing our freedoms left and right when you talk about the second amendment you know it's just it's throwing us all into chaos so that we're all distracted in all these other areas and then we forget to really unite to fight for what is truly um you know an american ideal which is freedom exactly exactly um so getting back to how young your organization is so mom army is where it started now you've already expanded to dad army or did they come out at the same time Um, different times we were starting to get messages of support from you know across the country with mom army and then we started getting messages from the men and the fathers going hey what about us we really support what you're doing but how do we you know and and right away my my husband who is very much just a male version of me (laughs) um, you know so we talked about it saying that there needs to be a place for men to speak up and be very active in this area and it's starting small but we've got a very active group of very strong um, you know, protectors of women and children out there who don't like what they see going on are wanting to speak up or wanting to find ways to really create change. 
you know, um, and bringing and changing the culture. The, the focus of Dad Army is really getting the culture, um, changing culture. So a lot of our Dad Army messaging and a lot of the things that, that the guys are working on is restoring the family, restoring the role of fathers, restoring the role of strong men in society. Because for so long, our society has diminished men, you know, calling it toxic masculinity when masculinity is very healthy because we need masculine men to protect women and children. Absolutely. So what are some of the challenges that you're experiencing? I'm sure there's, there's highs and lows, right? There's great things and, and frustrating things, but to manage and organize and lead an organization that's growing so quickly and in, in so many different areas of not only our country, but other countries. Um, I would say there's there's a couple of challenges. There's one, I think, um, you know, there's this climate of censorship and there's this climate of fear that's being placed upon us from our government, honestly, especially through COVID. We, saw, we all saw how hard it was to speak up. So that there's an extension of that fear that's going into this area to protect children as well. So there's a challenge with that. You know, we, we actually had our team meeting this morning. We talked about how do we help inspire and help support people who, you know, are teetering and maybe a little afraid and timid about speaking out. And so that's one challenge is right. It's just um, supporting people who, who know what's going on is wrong, who, who sees it and who wants to speak out and finding ways to support them in, in a way that aligns with them, right? Because people are afraid of losing their jobs and losing their livelihoods and, and their people have lost friends and families um, over having some of these, these positions and these stands. So that's one challenge. And so our, our whole mission is to meet people where they're at. We all realize that it took us different parts of our journey to get to this point. So we have to give grace and allow people to come to this in the way that feels right for them. And so as frustrating as it feels like all this crazy stuff is happening, children, why aren't more people speaking up? We realize we have to allow people to come to this in the timing that makes sense for them. So that's one challenge. Um, the other challenge is, you know, we're, 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 we're not funded by anybody, you know, and so there's the financial challenge of growing an organization like this, but it's been driven by people's pure passion to protect children. It's been driven by their volunteerism and, and their, their need to, to live in their purpose. And so we are very fortunate in that area. So, so the other challenge is, you know, getting our message out just because of funding purposes. So social media works to some extent, we get censored heavily. So the censorship is a challenge. Um, we get um, shadow banned. We used to, I'll, I'll, I'll give um, this number to give you a comparison. When we started, we were about 2,500 followers on Instagram and we would maybe get a thousand people viewing our stories. Now at almost 23,000 followers, we're lucky if we get 400 people viewing our stories. Huge so, difference because of the shadow ban. So we have people like Instagram and YouTube and all that that are saying that protecting our children is mm -hmm. not good. Which is ironic yeah. and interesting because that's where you started this. And yeah. so, you know, the fact that, that this is where it began should tell Instagram something right there. Mm -hmm. um, but there's such a heavy push, this cultural push, this, um, I think it's probably yeah, it's two extremes, right? They're censoring people like us who are speaking out against the harms against children, but the pedophiles are being protected. We've, we've seen pages that have egregious content 
that are vile and criminal and we could go and report it and we'll get a message back from Instagram going, oh no, but they didn't violate any community guidelines. So it's fine. It stays up. But then we get taken down for posting something like the definition of mama bears got mm. taken down. We got a strike for that. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I have a screenshot. I can send you the screenshot on that. <laughs> yeah, I have to see that. The definition of mama bears, how can that be controversial? Holy yeah. cow. We were inciting violence. That was the, the violation. That's just nuts. <laughs> so where can the mom army create the biggest change and an impact uh, against this and stop this war on children? I think where we've been the most effective is um, we've created an organization that allows for local activism. So our Charlotte, North Carolina chapter leader, Lisa, is very focused on certain things that are happening on the ground there. So there's a lot of freedom in our group. There's not one uniform way to be part of Mom Army. So that has really been an asset to what we do. Um, but our the areas that we focus on, you know, there's there's school board meetings that we go and support. We don't lead school board meetings. We usually tend to support the local mom groups or local parent groups that are on the ground. Like we did in Peoria. I went to meet with the parent group in Peoria before Arizona. we showed up to speak at their school board meeting. So we're always working in tandem with the local groups. Um, so that's one way um, that we're effective. Um, the protests are very effective because it brings more attention and awareness to the issue. Um, so we're always locking arms with other organizations that are protesting. So we're not necessarily the ones leading the protest. The one big protest that we did lead on was the Balenciaga protest back in December. We coordinated a 20 city nationwide protest against Balenciaga, Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. Um, but the two main areas that I think we can be the most effective in where I think a lot of our focus is going to now is legislation and litigation. We call it our two L's. Um, so legislatively, we have a lot of our leaders going to testify at Senate hearings and things like that and backing bills that are going to make these type of changes. Um, on the litigation side, we're partnered with Ryan Heath, who runs the Gavel Project here in Arizona. And so he's taken on a lot of lawsuits to right a lot of these injustices, especially when it comes to, he calls himself the anti-woke nonprofit. <laughs> and so he's going after these ideologies that are very harmful to society, especially very harmful to children. So we are we work very closely with Ryan. He's on our advisory council. Um, I think that's what's been done um, very effectively with Mom Army is we've brought together some of the, the greatest minds and, and advocates for children to work together. So we have an advisory council that consists of Landon Starbuck from Freedom Forever in Nashville. She runs um, a, an anti-child exploitation organization, anti-trafficking organization, does a lot of investigative work um, against like the children's hospital in the area. Um, Jamie from Gates Against Groomer is a coalition partner. So we work very closely with them on a lot of our initiatives. Um, we worked with them on the Balenciaga protest. So that's where we find that we are making the biggest change is that we're a big tent umbrella group where we bring in a lot of other organizations. We may have disagreements in some areas, but we agree in this area. We agree in the protection of children, which is why I'm so excited to be, you know, partner with the DZ Project and all the wonderful work you're doing there. Well, thank you for that. And you are such an incredible uh, addition to what we're doing here with the DC project and the collaboration between our two groups. 
And, you know, you mentioned Ryan Heath is on your advisory council. So obviously it's important to have people who think out of the box, who think creatively, who see opportunities in your inside circle. And you have stepped up and agreed to be uh, on my advisory uh, committee with the DC project. And I, I think that the synergy of that is just going to be amazing as we are staying, as you said, staying in our own lanes, right? But yet collaborating and working together. So can you yeah, kind of- I'm honored to be part of that. Very honored that you asked. Thank you. Can you kind of compare and contrast, like how how does it fit in, in your world, in your mind to, you know, also be part of a group like the DC Project? Since we really, you know, our lane is the Second Amendment. We're really mm -hmm. not in the child sex trafficking uh, lane. How, how how do those work together in your mind? Well, for me, it was it was an like a no brainer. It was automatic, right? When you think of the Second Amendment and you think of our freedoms, when it comes to the Second Amendment, that is our first line of defense. As especially as a woman, you know, I'm I'm from California, so it's not a gun culture state, you know. And moving to Arizona, it's been a little bit of a culture shock, you know, when it comes to gun rights. Um, but it's so important because that is how as women we can equalize and be protectors, be first line defense for our children and our families, right? I mean, it's, if my husband's away at work or he's somewhere else, I need, to be, I need to feel confident in protecting my family. And the second amendment is so vital to that right and that protection of our children. So that's where I see the crossover. You know, well, we see the government is not helping to protect our children. If you take our guns away, then the government will have free reign to mm -hmm. do whatever they want. And so they tie in really close together, in my yeah. opinion, really close. It's it's wonderful. And we met for the first time at the big Second Amendment rally that I helped to organize on the lawn of our Arizona State Capitol building in February. And I just, I was so excited to, to learn about you and what you're doing. And one of our speakers even was um, Craig Sawman Sawyer, and he has the veterans for um, child rescue, mm -hmm. child rescue. And so there's another group that they have their own lane, their own mission, but it all works together. And I think yeah. that's what we can Amplify. Yeah, Veterans for Child Rescue is a coalition partner of ours. So we have we have people on our advisory council that are part of different groups and different organizations that come in and advise us and help guide us and keep us on the right track with our mission. And then we have coalition partners. So a lot of them are nonprofits that we align with and we're there to support because Mom Army is not a nonprofit that was on purpose. We are actually a business. Um, so we're member based um, and uh, and for different reasons, I wanted the freedom to do more and be more effective. When you become a 501c3, there's limitations to some of the things you can do. And so that's one of the reasons. And the other reason is we wanted to be self-funded. We really wanted to create an infrastructure that allows us to fund what we're doing um, from a business perspective. I think that was very wisely thought out um, because there are always those trade-offs and those limitations. Like, all right, so you can, you know, donations can be um, written off on somebody's taxes, mm -hmm. but then look at all the things that you are now, you've got a hand clamped over yeah. your mouth that you can't do. Yeah, the 501 is controlled by the government, which is controlled yeah. by the IRS. And they could pretty well tell you, you can't do something if exactly. they want to. That is yeah. sick. So but, as we start winding down, I just want to touch back again, especially um, having this 
fierce daddy bear here and and papa bear he's a grandpa now we're grandparents um who are your dads in your dad army you know it's really interesting if i have to take a quick little survey right now as i think about everyone a lot of them are military a lot of them are law enforcement makes a a lot of sense you know because those are the protectors of women and children but a lot of them are just um some of them are not dads we actually have quite a few people in our groups that aren't parents themselves but they have the mama bear papa bear energy um but a lot of them are just sick and tired of what's going on and they want to do something and and they chose mom and dad army to be to to be the vehicle and to be the vessel of of their activism to protect children well i love that and i think i would go to jail I'm seriously. No, I, I know. I, I, I'm laughing I, I, because I'm nervous I, I because it's so yeah. true. Just, just All my dads say my, the same thing. Stay away from my grandkids and stay away from my <laughs> friends' kids because yep. I will go to jail. And I've, I, I guess I'd gladly go because that's yeah. not going to happen in my family. Yeah. Not without, I, not we, without I, I used to jokingly say at the beginning of this, I said, you know, the moms are the ones rising up and fighting and at the forefront and in the front lines of this. I said, but when the dads get involved, it's going to get really serious. Because the moms are doing it in a way where, you know, where, but when the dads get involved, you've crossed the line. And that's how I see it. It's funny, like women and guns are making the industry grow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because women are, they speak, they talk, they tell their friends. Guys, it's like, if something happened to my grandkids or I would try to do it so nobody didn't know. (laughs) Okay. But but people involved are going to know. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's sort of, so, so, so we're quiet, but yet don't push, you know, don't yep. push because Walk that, there, there's certain, big oh, stick. big stick. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's really interesting you brought that up because Philip, who's part of our dad army, he's a new addition to dad army. He spoke at the Peoria school board meeting and he said in his, his testimony and in his public comment that I'm a father first, you know, if you, you know, basically he says, there is no law that's going to stop me when it comes to protecting my child. And he made that very clear and concise in that, in that public hearing. And I was like, that's exactly it. That's what the dads are. They are not going to put up with this crap. Mm -hmm. Right. No, exactly. And I think that just hearing strong voices, whether they're male or female, that will encourage the next person, this whole thing that's happening at the Peoria school district in Arizona, uh, like only two people on their school board, voted to say look at this age and probably at any age we need separate bathrooms people are already vulnerable there are already assaults that happen in in public restrooms that that we just never even hear about so we just need separate bathrooms and only two people stood up for that and the others basically are saying no it's totally cool that we have adolescent boys and and probably the teachers are allowed in there too right? So adult males in with young girls. And it's just craziness to me. So I love that there are people that draw those lines. They hold to them and they say, not on my watch. I will not give quarter to this kind of craziness and nonsense. Um, And the people on the school board that are like, oh, no, it's totally fine for everybody to share the same bathroom. They're, I consider them spies. What the fuck are they doing on our school board? Hmm? What are they doing on our school board? Well, they ran and they got elected. How come more of us aren't doing that? Yeah, this is where we need to rise up. 
Yeah. This is where you start to do recalls. This is where you start to run candidates that align with your values. This is where you start to look at, you know, other means of rectifying this. You know, there's um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, our team is working on like a city ordinance, you know, so you have to attack this and remedy this from every which way possible. It's not just one way, you know, you have to attack this and fix this from every angle. This shouldn't um, even be an issue with the school board. I know. These yeah. things should not even be an issue. Well, they are. I agree. And, yeah, I agree. But we've got radicals that are that are placed in these positions to make these decisions on our behalf. Again, they're supposed to be representing the community and the parents, and yet they're going against. I, I guarantee you, if you take a survey of that school district, I can guarantee you 90% of parents are against it. Oh, 90. For sure. Yeah, but they're not going to do that. They don't want to know what the community actually thinks about this. No, and that's always been the case. I mean, going way back to uh, taking prayer out of school, there was really, it boiled down to one very loud vocal woman. Mm -hmm who made such a stink that everybody started getting all spineless and jellyfish and caved to it. And, you know, you can just see that happen over and over and over again. And for the fear of us being called an ist, right. A racist, yeah. a Something. sexist, yeah. a whatever. Uh, we just cave in on ourselves and have allowed craziness to run rampant. So we need to start wrapping. No, up. I have to ask her something. Go ahead. You're amazing. Okay. But wow. what, what made you do this? What made you get involved? You know, I, if, if I had to really pinpoint, you know, cause for a long time, I didn't understand, I'm like, why am I so hell bent on, 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 you know, doing the work that I do? Like, why is it such a part of me? And I realized going back, my dad escaped genocide and communism in the seventies from Cambodia. And when I started to understand my dad's story and his history and our family's history it started to make sense why I'm such a fighter it's been passed down in my DNA I just I don't know any other way to exist except to be in this fight and this is the hill I'm going to die on I will always always fight to protect the innocence of children it's just I don't know any other way to live well thank that. you for that that was a perfect question thank you for that um which really kind of trumps my my final question. I was going to kind of wrap all this together. Um, but, you know, there's groups out there and voices out there and school board members out there that purport to speak for all of us. And then on the gun side, the freedom side, there are these moms who demand action. That's her name. Moms demand action. Whatever. That sounds like something you'd see in Las Vegas on the strip. I know. On the street. <laughs> really bad mom name. demand action but they Dan, i'm sorry there. this is what you it sounds there. like it sounds like but they purport to speak for all moms right because it's moms demand action women demand this action that gun to say that guns are bad those who own guns are bad and they don't speak for me yeah um and you have stood up to say that that all this crazy ideology that these people don't speak for you what we demand is our constitutional rights and we have used grassroots advocacy and activism to do that um what do you say to those moms whether it's the anti-gun rights or whether it's these others what do you say to those people that are just yeah, you know, wrong-headed yeah going back to constitutional rights right when you talk about the second second amendment 
it's so crazy because I'm learning more. Like I've always had an, I'm, I'm a, I'm an avid, avid, you know, supporter of our constitution, you know, especially coming from a communist country. I understand how fragile our freedoms are and how easily they can be stripped away from us. But from the constitutional rights standpoint, we have a 14th amendment parental rights, you know, so there we have, and it's, it's not from the government. Our parental rights are God given, right? We have a God given right to raise our children the way we see fit, you know, with our values, with our morals, with our teachings and our, you know, our way of thinking. So just as that, demand, you know, for action, parents have their belief system. I have my right to teach my children that the Second Amendment is something that they should preserve, you know, that freedom of speech is something that they should fight for. So we have the freedom and the rights, constitutional rights, to raise our children however we see fit. I love it. And they, the, our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, they protect rights. They don't give mm -hmm. us our rights. Yeah. And they protect rights that are given to us by the very nature that, that we are living and breathing. They were given mm -hmm. to us by our creator. Well, the other part too is, you know, I hate when people call America a democracy because we're not, we're a constitutional republic. It is to protect the individual rights of the person. So you don't get a majority rule and majority mob rule to impose their, I don't care if it's 51% that believe this crap. You don't get to infringe on my rights as right. an individual. Exactly. I love that. I what are we going to do better. to calm me down? <laughs> I know. We're gonna have to go, this is a great go interview. Hug our grandbabies. A great interview. And I'm so glad you were on the show today. Thank but you. I'm, I'm walking away from this thing angry that yeah, we live good. in a, that we live, that we have to, that we have to go to the school boards and we have mm -hmm. to go to our congressmen. It's, it's, it's a shame. It's just, yeah. And and just to close it out, when when you said that you're angry, it's I, I said good for a reason because that's the next that's the first step to taking action. And also, I think what we need to really uh, alert the public about is we are at war. This fifth generational war. It's a war that we are not aware we are in. Mm. So we need to let people know that we are in this this war that we're not aware of, and we have to proceed accordingly. And being angry is the first step to fighting back. I love that. And of course, I, I see this so much on the spiritual plane. It feels mm -hmm. like spiritual warfare is so thick. You could cut it with a knife. I've never felt it the way that it is now. And yeah. uh, whether you're a believer or not a believer, um, uh, I don't think that, that it should be offensive for me to, to invoke the, the spiritual no, you're, nature you're of absolutely this. right. Yeah. I, I, on the spiritual side, what they are doing is separating the soul from the body, especially on the transgender issue. They're teaching our children to disconnect from their body, um, to remove the soul from that. So true. All right. Tell folks how they can continue all the people that are feeling like Dan right now, and they <laughs> want to connect with other people and know how to use their voice. Uh, tell folks how they can follow all the work that you do. Well, right away, if you you can go to our website, it's mom-army.com, so mom-army.com, and then on Instagram, we're the.momarmy, the.dadarmy, DM me, connect with me, we are happy to find a place for you, whatever that looks like in the fight to protect children and to stop the war on children. I love it. Thank you so much for all you do. I am blessed and honored to call you my friend. 
Same here. Thank you, guys. See, I wish we would could have done a three-hour interview to calm you down. <laughs> you did awesome. Thank I'm you very put much. That energy is somewhere very useful for you. I promise you that. <laughs> I like it. Thank I you. Like it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My gosh. You know, and, and you think about what do they do to people that get caught child uh, trafficking and stuff like that? What are they, they out of jail the same day? Gosh, I, you know, know? I don't even know that piece of it, but I keep thinking, you know, it used to be, you know, like politically, it was suicide if you got caught having an affair. And then there were all these times where it's like, well, this person somehow, some way they found out they person had child porn on their computer, their personal computer or something. So obviously that's, that's the end of everything. And so it's like, so what, a, what if, how does all that translate to what we're seeing now? Yeah. It's the whole thing is so confusing and it has flipped so quickly that it can't have happened organically. There's just absolutely no way that you could convince me that it just, it just happened. Remember when they had that catch a predator show mm -hmm. and it got really good reviews and it was good, you know, and now I don't think it goes on anymore because it's probably too normal. Isn't that so sick? Gross. Yeah. All right. We have got to get on. Hey, my brother's on. My brother's on there. You know, know. <laughs> no, it's, it's sick. It's sick. And um, reality TV star. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so sad. gross. Yeah. Anyway, All right. Well, we got to pray for the children. Well, we got, you know what we need to pray for? We need to pray for the parents that yeah. are, Caught up in either caught up in good or caught up sick that they're making decisions that are the wrong decisions exactly i agree with you well thank you so much to seek and all of her mama bears and daddy bears and the mom and dad army um that are out there making a difference for our next generation somebody has to stand up for these little people we need to reclaim our place as you know the the mentors, the the voices of reason, the the people that protect our children, not exploit them or give in to their, you know, but I want a cookie, but I want a cookie. You know, you wouldn't just hand them the cookie jar, right? You yeah, but I see our grandkids, them. I see our grandkids looking for guidance. Yeah. Even though they sometimes you say no to them, yes. they kind of like they question it and instead that's how of they find out right. where the boundaries are. Right. Right. So they push you we can see, see it in them. Enough to push back right do you care enough to hold this line to protect me yeah anyway now you're going to get me fired up all right thank you so much to all of our awesome listeners and viewers if you want to go back and watch any portion of this go to youtube gun streamer any place you find videos be sure you click the subscribe and notification because that tells the algorithms that this information this content these subject matter experts are important to you if you want to listen to the audio-only version, go to gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on-demand tab and... Binge listens to your heart content, Done. darling. Oh, I like that. All right. And if you want to see photos and bios and links to all the work that all of our guests, including Seek Smith, uh, have, click the guest tab. It's a growing database. And when you spend time there, we don't hate that. All right, until next time, please pray for this nation. Pray, pray for this world. Pray for our children. Pray for our children. Pray for our leaders. 
those that are doing the right thing. They're not leaders, Cheryl. Remember, thing. why do you say that? They're not leaders. They're representatives that think they're leaders. Okay, but I mean, people placed in positions of leadership. If a Martian came down and said, even if we're take, not talking elected politician, people who are placed in okay. positions of leadership. Okay, that that guess. But if if a Martian came down and said, "Take me to your leader," I say, "You mean representatives?" Right. <laughs> Because leaders, you know, but but you're right. There are some people that lead. Those are usually the ones that are volunteer or <clears throat> very, you know, just just good people. There's some that are <clears throat> falling into the wrong path. So let's pray yeah. for them. Um, especially the ones we are frustrated with, right? Yeah, many of them. So, all right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Protect your children.